On today's Midcourt Madness, we are kicking off part one of the mid-major conference preview, the uh, the lower mid-major preview, if that makes sense, Biggs. And we are going to do that with the A-10, the West Coast, and the Mountain West. We are going to do uh, Pac-12 and AAC next week as the upper mid-major um, yes, we did put Pac-12 in there because they're about to be done anyway. So uh, we felt it appropriate. So we're going to talk about all the teams in these conferences. Uh, Gonzaga obviously being the most uh, noteworthy. But, you know, St. Mary's is kind of nipping at their heels big. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one here. So let's get into it. You know, Bix, I'm, I'm finding myself enjoying the mid-major conferences more and more every se- every year, especially after the last season where half the final four was from mid or low majors because Florida Atlantic was technically a low major, not a mid-major last year. Um, but no, it's one of those things where like, as better players emerge, as better teams emerge, I think, and I think a lot of it has to do with the NIL for some reason. Um, I think it just brings up the floor of college basketball as a whole, and it makes everything more interesting. Yeah, there's definitely like, a, especially lately, and I wonder how much of it is impacted by like the <clears throat> the extra COVID year. I mean, a lot of these teams are like playing with 22, 23, 24-year-olds who are in their fifth or sixth years of like college life. And you know, 24-year-olds generally, even if they're less quote-unquote talented, are just going to be more effective basketball players right today than like an 18 year old, even the one who's super talented. So, you know, and that's, that's, that's generally what you find at mid-major programs, low major programs, you know, some, some high major programs of that have been like, not your typical powerhouse teams are like kind of living that way right now. So it'll be interesting to see, like, I, I just feel like check back in like two or three years when the COVID kind of cycle starts, we, we get those guys cycled out of college It'll be interesting to see if it stays that way. I hope it does because I, I agree with you. I love I love the mid-major competitiveness, some of these teams, and, and I hope, you know, who knows with the freaking conference realignment and all that shit. But, like, hopefully some of these programs keep staying, staying really good. I mean, obviously Gonzaga, but, like, other ones even, like, you're right, St. Mary's been great. Dayton's had some really good teams in the last handful of years. You know, there, there's always been teams that kind of pop up, but you'd like to see the sustainability kind of stay the way it's, the like like it's been looking here recently sustainable if you will mm-hmm. yeah so wh- wh- which one should we kick off with here do you think we, we, almost, we have some options here yeah i i would i would say this do you want to go with conferences individually or, or are you thinking highlighting some of the teams within these conferences i'm thinking we go conference individually but yeah we highlight teams in it um and then you know we'll, we'll talk about the big like the best teams like the best you know three four five teams and then after that, like we can highlight some players who may be on bad teams, but are definitely yeah. ones that you're going to want to know their names, if that makes sense. <clears throat> well, let's start with the West Coast Conference then, because I think the best individual program, the best individual team among these mid-majors is Gonzaga. St. Mary's. And, and yeah, both, both those teams are very good. So what do you think? Yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, with Gonzaga this year, um, they get some pieces coming in. They get Ryan Nemhard from Creighton. I honestly did not know that he was brothers with the other Nemhard. I just thought it was a common name for some reason. 
Really, they they don't seem to. You can't get through a crate and broadcast without them mentioning how he. Really, <laughs> I guess I I guess I never noticed it. I guess I never <laughs> noticed it. Um, but Ryan Nemhard comes over. They've had such issues at the point guard position with like they they expected a lot more out of Nolan Hickman than they have gotten in the past two years, and so I think Ryan Nemhard will come in and sort of uh, you know, be like a steadying pace there. It allows. I'm not sure if Nolan Hickman's more of an off guard, off ball kind of guy, but it allows him to be off ball while he's on the floor. Um, Anton Watson, he's one of those guys. Bigs, he's just he's a glue guy. Yeah, it's like it's like, hey, you want you want me? Oh, you want me to score this position? Yeah, I can do that. Oh, you want me to get a rebound? I can do that. You want me to dive after a loose ball? Absolutely. You want me to dish a behind the behind the back pass uh, down the court, fifty feet? Uh, I'll try. It probably won't work, but absolutely. You know what I mean? The guy who he's your he's your typical lunch pail guy, Bigs. Um, terrific college player. Yeah. They get Graham Ike, which did they have him on the roster last year, but he was injured. Is that what the deal was? He missed the whole year. He was at Wyoming. He, okay. He was still at Wyoming. Yeah. But he just okay. missed the whole season with a okay. foot injury. Yeah. But two years ago, he had a very good year at Wyoming. Um, wing steel ventures. You know, everything I'm reading about him is he's more of just kind of like a shooting, like a shooter. Yep. Um, Ben Gregg, another, just a, another big body down low. Um, was this? A, I think this might have been a late addition, but Marcus Adams from Kansas. I think he was uh, kind of a just late a late addition and then a late subtraction because he went. Oh, to he's BYU. not there anymore. No. Oh. Well, my uh, notes are outdated. Where was he at BYU when I typed up these notes and sent them to you? Uh, he's at BYU now. Uh, okay. Four, uh, four now, I will say he no. uh, originally. No, uh, young Marcus Adams has already uh, been on three college campuses, and he hasn't even played a second of college basketball. He started at <laughs> Kansas. That's the ultimate rambling man. Was at was at Gonzaga for about a month and uh, is now at BYU. So, yeah, you, uh, I don't know, go for it. go go for it, Marcus. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they got, they kind of have a couple. Uh, you know, looks like foreign names coming in here who could provide depth. But and so for them, it kind of seems like it could be that year where they're not necessarily you know top five, top ten throughout the season. I, I could definitely see them dipping some this year. And being more into that, you know, fifteen to twenty range from time to time. Um, still a very talented roster, but just it doesn't seem like the same talent level as like the last three or four years. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right about that. I mean, the talent from the last handful of years was uh, a program all timer in Drew Timmy and uh, multiple, you know, top five draft pick, one and done freshman, which is just atypical for Gonzaga. Um, on top of having some high level, you know. High level draft picks with with Corey uh, Corey Kispert, um, yeah. I mean they they've had some big time talent roll through there, and you're right. The talent isn't as robust. It doesn't feel like, but <clears throat> I don't know. I, it feels like Gonzaga has been so good for so long, and they all they haven't always had the level of top five hype. They've always been super talented, and like the thing that made Gonzaga Gonzaga before this last iteration of Gonzaga over the last three four years was like, guys would come out of nowhere. Who was Rui Hachimura before he became, like, one of the best players in the country? He was, he was kind of nothing, you know? Like, he, he was a he was a, a little-known recruit from Japan. And Philip Petrushev, same kind of thing. Like, these guys who, they, they, they were the quintessential, like, grow guys program. And so guys came out of nowhere. So I'm kind of expecting one of these young guys who we just don't know of whether it's whether it's Jun Suk Yo, whatever I forget, I forget how to that, say that's it. What, that's one of the foreign names. Yeah, and I and I've heard he's been really impressive. I've heard really yeah. good things about him. Um, 
they have another I, four star Dusty Stromer, I, I think. They have a four star yeah. guard out of like Montana or Washington, who is I've heard he's legit, like a, a, a rotation caliber guy. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if one of those guys is just way better than we're even expecting. Yeah. Now does does that mean they're like a top five team in the country? No, but I think they're they're the easy favorite in the West Coast. Probably going to pile up twenty five plus wins. I mean, they play a ridiculous non conference, so who knows? They'll they'll take losses right early in the season, but I think you establish a pretty solid floor with Nemhard Watson as kind of your top two guys. I have been like thinking like I I don't know what to expect out of Graham Ek, but like I feel like Ben Gregg is sitting on like a. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Gregg goes from backup guy from from for the last two years for them. To like, he he's the guy that all of a sudden we look up at like Christmas time and Ben Gregg is like averaging like eighteen and nine and he's like their leading scorer and it's just like whoa that's right Ben Gregg is just the next Gonzaga you know guy to to emerge as like an upperclassman I don't know why I I could see that coming from him um, yeah Nolan Hickman now maybe in a maybe in a less expectant role can like have some freedom there yeah uh, I I still like the pieces a ton the, the depth is is shaved away a little bit but. I still think they'll pile up a ton of wins. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another name that we didn't mention yet, and I'm not sure how much of an impact this guy will have, but there's a Brayton Huff who was a freshman a year ago, another four-star guy who redshirted last year. Um, then I also have, uh, I'm going to try this name too, Yun Seek Yo. Is that how you said it? Yun Seek Yo. I messed it up big time if, yeah. I, if I was saying I, I, I have like, no idea. I said like Yun Seek Yo. I don't it know. could be. But that guy, for sure. Yeah, I have it on here. He averaged 25.6 points per game for South Korea in the FIBA under-19s. Yeah. And I've heard they, I've heard really good things about him in terms of how he's looking for, for them in the fall. So, and he's long. He's a – er, I say he's long. I, I expected I, – I thought – I just expected him to be a guard, I guess. He's a 6'8 like center. Man. Yeah, he's a 6'8 center apparently. That can't be right. Maybe it is. No, maybe. Um, so, and then uh, let's see you know, what could bite them here. Obviously, we, we, we kind of talked about it. They, don't, like, they lost one of the best players in program history in Drew Timmy from a year ago, or from the past like seven years, it feels like. Um, so definitely a lot of production to replace there. And then nipping at their heels, and if I remember correctly, they – yeah, this team tie, tied with them – for the regular season conference title, St. Mary's um, is still up there. And they, they got some returning guys too here. Uh, kind of like a nice little three-headed monster. Uh, Aiden Mc- Mahaney. I almost said McCainy. Um, I think he was a freshman last year. Averaged 14 points per game. Uh, Alex Dukas has been there for a couple years. 12 and a half. And then uh, Mitchell Saxon, 11 and 8. Almost. Um, kind of a nice little three-headed monster. They do get uh, some, tra- some not, not transfers, but some... Uh, freshman coming in that could help fill in the rotation. Um, I don't think they have quite the depth that Gonzaga has, but they definitely, I feel like they have more returning as far as like contributors from a year ago. So it definitely could be interesting to see who is the favorites this year. Yeah. I'm curious who, I mean, I'm very curious to see who replaces Logan Johnson in their rotation. I mean, what made St. Mary so good last year is that they've kind of become like the foil to Gonzaga. Gonzaga wants to play fast, right? They want to get up and down, and they want to have this beautiful free-flowing offense where an ideal Gonzaga game, I think, for Gonzaga, is they're winning like 92 to 
don't know what they're giving up, but they're scoring like in the 90s, right? They, yeah. they want to pile up points. And, and St. Mary's is the complete antithesis to that. They want to play in the 60s. They want to win grimy, gross, muck it up, play slow, beat you up, be, be mean to you, right? Um, and and they've got, I think, guys who can do it. Dukas is, is cut from that cloth as kind of a swingman who's never going to win a beauty pageant on the basketball court. Mitchell Saxon, who's a big physical big guy. Um, I think they're going to miss Logan Johnson, though. He was a guy who, who, was, who was pretty good offensively, came into his own as kind of a creator for them. But he was just such a badass on the defensive end of the floor. I think setting the tone for like just that being their identity. Um, I don't know if they've got a guy that replaces that. Now I think they they'll still win. Like I, I'm I'm judging this through like a, can they contend with Gonzaga up at the top of the conference? I think Mahaney is. I mean he's got Player of the Year caliber written all over him. He he had a stretch there in the middle of the season where it's like holy shit is this the best freshman in the country and uh, tapered off you know but he he finished the year a little slow like he did not he did not finish the year real great but. He's really good, and I think if they're going to take that jump, I think Aiden Mahaney needs to take kind of another jump. I mean, it was like a 14 points and, I don't know, three, four assists a game last year. Looks like a kind of a lead guard who can kind of control things. Can he be a, Can he be that next St. Mary's guard that kind of takes the jump and is like an 18 to 22 point a game guy like like Della Vadova was back in the day? Or uh, who is the kid who looked like basically like a homeless guy, Steph Curry, uh, God, what was that kid's name like th- two or three years ago now? Um, I can't think of it. I'm blanking on the guy who he kind of played like Jordan. You talk it, I'll look it up. Jordan something. But he was, he was like, by the end of his career, he was like a 22-point-a-game guy. And like, he was just awesome. And so can they find a guy like, like they've always had guards that have grown into that role. So I, I don't know. Like, I do think they'll be good. You're right. They have a nice group coming back. Augustus Marcelonis is another guy who was like a bench piece last year and and if I remember right, he was like a four-star recruit. Like he was a kid who had some pedigree. Yeah, and I have it. I kind of have it on this uh, my preview here that it, it it basically says like he needs to take over the point guard duties once and for all. Yeah, which makes me wonder if uh, the plan is to have Mahaney more off the ball this year. Sure, I, I, both those guys will handle the ball plenty and be kind of your primary facilitator, on-ball creators. Um, and he had moments last year off the bench where it's like, ooh, what do we got here? Might might have some juice. Yeah, and he was, he was off the bench, so he didn't play a ton. But um, is it Jordan Ford? Yes, Jordan Ford. That guy was awesome. Loved watching him play. He looked like Steph Curry. Um, <laughs> he does a little bit. LA yeah, a little. And, and the way he plays, like he's just kind of an off-ball guard running off screens. He's got a great jump shot. Like he'll shoot it from half court. You know, like just played a lot like him. Um, he had another guard before him, I think, between Della Vadova and Jordan Ford. But that's neither here nor there. I like the squad. You're right, and. You know, we'll we'll figure out who fills around those those kind of four returning kind of minute loggers. They always seem to find guys, right? It's it's St. Mary's. It's the same deal as kind of Gonzaga, where they'll grow dudes and they'll find guys that can fill in your fill in your rotation. Um, I think this conference is very top heavy with those two teams. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty safe, and I think they've gotten to a level where St. Mary's has gotten to a level where they are pretty. It seems like respected nationally. I mean, they went 27 and eight last year and they were, weren't they like a five seed or an eight seed or I think they were a five seed. So it's like, I mean, that's just, think about that 15 years ago. There's no way like Gonzaga was barely lucky to get a five seed because they would pile up wins, but everyone was like, whatever. I think, and I think you mentioned this, like they're basically like getting the splash from Gonzaga being so 
like shooting up the board so much. It's kind of the SEC deal. Like the second best team in the SEC gets overhyped because yep. Bama was always better than everybody else. So like, well, that team must be pretty darn good. I think I said that about them last year, in fact. And yeah. then I've kind of come around to where I can see the talent in this particular team. Yeah, and I and I think this team will be good. I think they will. I don't know what their schedule is. I mean, they'll probably win twenty two to twenty five games again, and you're in the mix. And maybe they will be. Maybe they will win the WCC just because the nature of how they play, I think, travels or it's more it's more stable. It's less reliant on high end talent. Where Gonzaga's maybe the way they've played lately is more reliant on like if you don't have the high end talent, can you play the way they've played lately? I, I don't know, but St. Mary's can play that style with less talented dudes. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we can see what that happens. Yeah. Now I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, a minute or two ago, you, you do that every once in a while. And I really appreciate it when you do. I, I'm lucky. I, ha- I hammer away. So I'm lucky enough to every once in a while, find one. Exactly. Exactly. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> um, but more like basically when you said like, it's a very top heavy league, um, two years ago, like remember, like San Francisco. Who was that guard they had? He had an awesome name. Bouye, Bu- Jamari Bouye. Yeah, yeah. that they, they were a great team that year, and it, there doesn't, ju- there just doesn't seem to be that third team this this year. Um, no. and so with that being said, like you know, I've got like four teams with some names that I can mention as far as like other teams or players to watch. If you have anything to add, um, to these teams or any other teams that have you intrigued, go for it. Um. I've got Loyola Marymount is probably, like, from what I can see, is probably the next next one. Uh, they have Kelly Lupepe, I believe is Le- how it's pronounced. Leo Pepe. Leo Pepe. Uh, thirteen and seven guy. Justin Wright, sixteen points per game, coming over from North Carolina Central. Um, have I you got up Kelly Leo Pepe? I think you know not. how he looks. Would I? I think so. Okay. Look, look him up. He's a Kelly he's a, he's a handsome fella. Oh wait, have I? I've seen this guy. Yeah, I've seen this guy. I just did not know what his name was. I've definitely seen him play. Isn't he great? He looks like uh, in a couple of these like, pictures, he looks like Charles Barkley with uh, longer hair. Who's the guy from? Maybe I've just got this on my mind, but uh, what have you seen? Moana. No, it's a cartoon. Okay. Uh, he kind of looks like the 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 demigod guy who the Rock voices over in Moana in my mind. Okay, <laughs> Kelly Leo Pepe, but he's really he's, he's legit. A good yeah, player. he is. Uh, Portland, Tyler Robertson, 15 points, five assists per game. Uh, Chris Austin, 14 points per game. Pepperdine, they have Houston Mallet, 13 points per game. Javon Porter, 12 and seven guy. Then I got San Francisco. They've got a guard named Marcus Williams, who he only averaged like eight points per game. But in this magazine I have for my preview, they're kind of predicting like an all-conference season because that eight points per game was kind of in limited minutes this last year. And that he will uh, probably break out this year. Well, Marcus Williams was, he's another one who's transferred multiple times. He was at Wyoming like three years ago, averaged like 15 a game, transferred to Texas A&M, got lost in the sauce, didn't really do much there, and then transferred to San Fran. And so I think there's like a, if if you look hard enough, you can find some past production. There's a chance, yeah. There's there's a there's a chance that he could potentially be a breakout guy. I want to say San Francisco actually has. Um, I want to. I'm trying to remember who else they have coming back. Because if I remember right, you're right. I think Loyola Marymount is probably the the best of the rest. 
Um, but I'm trying to think. I, I remember San Francisco having some other guys. Um, oh, maybe not. They lose. Yeah, they lose Khalil Shabazz and Tyrell Roberts, who were both awesome, and Zane Meeks. Yeah, boy, they they actually do lose a lot, don't they? Isaiah Hawthorne, I think, is coming back. Josh Coonan's coming back for them, but yeah, it's 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 thin, and that's yeah. that's the problem. They do bring in. Um, uh, Mongolian Mike, Mike Shara, Shara Yara Toms or whatever his name is from, uh, he was at Dayton last year and had, had some, some interesting success, but he's more of just kind of like, uh, I think he's just kind of interesting because he's like a six, eight point guard. Um, I could see him being a guy who, who, you know, looks intriguing, but I think that's more flash than substance. Um, I think you're right. Loyola Marymount is probably the best and I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a thin, it's a thin league. You know, it's a thin league. I'd be curious what Portland does because that's some intriguing talent too, but not, not tournament caliber teams. These teams are, I think everyone's just kind of fighting to like go get drudged by uh, Gonzaga and, and, uh, and St. Mary's basically in the semifinals of their conference tournament. Yeah. All right. Should we move on here? Um, we should probably a 10 I'd say next. That sounds good. That'll be an easy yeah. one. There's like no good teams. Yeah, they have, and like they might even be more top heavy than the West Coast. Like I, I struggled putting a second team on like my list of like actual deep dive into these rosters. Um, I, I obviously have Dayton at the top here. They have uh, future. You're, you're gonna love this, Biggs. You're gonna love this. Future NBA talent, Deron Holmes, coming back. Mm-hmm. Eighteen and a half points per game, eight rebounds. Uh, they got some guards. Kind of like a plethora of guards here, Biggs. Kobe Elvis, great name. I think I said that last year, too. Mm-hmm. Great name. Uh, eight and a half points per game. Malachi Smith. He, that's not the Gonzaga Malachi Smith. That's a different Malachi Smith, right? Correct. Okay. College basketball is allotted more than one Malachi Smith. Uh, he well, averaged really. seven. That Malachi Smith had to get stepping, so we can only have one. <laughs> but last year, there's two, then. This, this college basketball country <laughs> ain't big enough for the two Malachi Smiths. And so yeah. <laughs> one was like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, seven and a half points per game, five and a half assists per game. Um, Kobe Bray, six and three. Uh, they have a guard, another guard coming in from Merrimack. The what's the NEC Northeast Conference? Yeah, that was. Um, he was the rookie of the year last year, Javon Bennett. Um, I don't have his stats on here at all. Um, now their toughest thing will be um replacing uh I can't remember his first name. Oh, Tamani Kamara. Um, and then I also have a noted here, Kobe Brea and Malachi Smith, all coming back from off season surgery. Not sure what their statuses are or what are health wise or anything like that. Well, that was, that was the problem with Dayton last year. They were supposed to be, they were supposed to be awesome. Remember the, the year before they were okay. They were like one of the last four to, or the first four to miss the tournament. And everyone was like, saddle up though. Cause Dayton's going to be great next year. Cause they're bringing back this whole crew. And it just never really manifested last year because all of these guys, Malachi Smith, he was he was dinged up from the start with an ankle injury and was just really never the same. He's a far better player than seven and a half points and five and a half assists. If he's healthy and right, I, I think he's he's maybe the most valuable guy on that team. I, I mean, I guess Dron Holmes is is a beast and he's the player there in the conference probably. But Malachi Smith is really good, um, and he was just always dinged up with an ankle injury that just was never going away. I don't think. Um, and then Kobe Elvis and Kobe Brea, both, all those guys, they, they were like just never healthy 
all at the same time last year. It was kind of like one of those those whack-a-mole games where like injuries would just pop up for somebody at a different time. And that was that was kind of the downside for them. And so I don't know. Like if they're all having offseason surgery, that's kind of concerning. The the talent is there, I think, for that team to be pretty darn good and be the best team in the league, especially an A ten that kind of sucks. Like there's really not another team that looks great. No. So I mean, I, I think they can do it, but you do hope they if they, if they can stay healthy. You know, you're right. Replacing Kamara will be a challenge because he gives he's kind of an athletic presence out there. Um, but Holmes is such a such a stud that he'll he'll probably be the player of the year in the preseason. Um, and Anthony Grant's a good coach, so I mean, I, I think they'll be in the, they'll be the favorite. Yeah. Then uh, I mentioned I struggled putting a second team on here. I ended up putting St. Bonaventure. Um. Last year they didn't even have a winning record, fourteen and eight, four and ten in the AAC. So they're moving conferences here. Is that right? Yeah, that's not right. No, they were in the A ten last year. Yeah, I, I, that, I mistyped that. I think when I was writing my notes, I, I had a different conference on my mind at that time. Gotcha. Um, but they got some pieces here: Biggs, Cairo, Luke, Barry Evans coming over or not coming over. Three points per game last year, but as a freshman. Um. You got Jan Farrell, Chad Venning. Um, Chad Venning, 13 and 6 kind of guy. Um, Charles Pride, 14 and 6 from the guard position. Um, so they, they get they they get some production, but it's just like, does their talents and their production transfer to wins this year? Um, is kind of where I'm looking at this. Um and after that, Biggs, like this is kind of a weak conference. I hate to say it. I, I don't. It's fine. It's a weak conference. Um <laughs> You're right. St. Bonaventures, I think they're intriguing just because they were supposed to be god-awful last year, and I guess they weren't great. Um, but they had lost. Remember the, the previous, like, four years, they had that group of guys yep. <clears throat> who basically all played, like, 37 minutes a game. Well, so I think they, it was two years ago. They were ranked, like, in the 20s going into the season. I don't think they made the tournament that year. Right. But they were preseason ranked, so they had – and I think they – I remember Osuna Sunye. Yep, they had. I remember uh, was one of the guys. The Holmes, Jaron Holmes, who went to Iowa State as well. They had like four guys who like went other places, but they were like four year starters for St. Bonaventure and yeah. ridiculous minute getters. So it's like you you just had they literally had just a bare bones roster. Because um, then I think last year would have been the year after the year I'm speaking of. So it, yes. it actually is kind of impressive that they almost finished at a 500 mark after losing three or four year starters like that. Yep. I think it tells you, Mark, I mean, Mark Schmidt, I think is one of the more respected head guys in that league. Um, and yeah, hitting the transfer portal, they, they add some kind of high octane. I think they, if I remember right there, they're, they're a really defensive oriented team. They play really good defense. They're not like, they weren't great offensively. That was kind of the crux for them last year was like, they just had a hard time scoring. And so you go out and you add some high octane scorers Charles Pride is a 15-point-a-game guy, but he was like – he was one of those guys at Bryant who would have like – he could put up 25 or 35 a game. Like he's a guy who can get hot and like fill it up quick. So I think Chad Venning kind of cut from maybe a similar cloth, a guy who can really get buckets for you. So I, I think they tried to fill some of those holes. I don't know if that means they take a talent jump as much as, as you know, as necessary, but I think they'll be intriguing. Um, a couple other teams, I think that I'm intrigued by VCU just because it is a new, it's a new coach, right? They get, uh, 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 the Utah state coach who was at UMBC. What's, 
I'm blanking on what his name was, but he was at Utah State oh. and he brought over a bunch of Utah Odom? State guys. Ryan Odom. Odom. Yep. Ryan Odom. And they bring over um oh, they bring over Sean Barstow from Utah State. They bring over uh who's another one of their guys? They, they have they have a rambling man bigs. I, I want to see if you can guess the name. Yeah, they got uh, Joe Joe Bamasil is one yep. who um he was at He's he's been ACC, hasn't he? Virginia he was at Tech? George. So he started his career. Where did he start his career? I forget where he started his career. It was, it was maybe like Virginia Tech. I yep, think I knew it. And then he went to George Washington. Okay, did you know George Washington's team name is the Revolutionaries? Love it. We haven't talked about that before. They no. they need to get more successful so we can have a chance to talk about their nickname. Well, they should be called the George Washington Fathers because he is America's father because he had sex with everybody. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> you like I'm that, too huh? concerned about where people are putting their PSs. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's because I'm not putting mine anywhere. So I'm like bored. You know, I got to figure out, hey, where are you putting yours? It's a curiosity <laughs> thing, you know. Do not ask your students that, Biggs. I've, I've heard the – yeah, no. Nope. You they'll, know, be your, they'll be your it, former students at that point. It, indeed. It, it killed the cat. Um Max Shulga, that's the other guard that they're bringing over from Utah State, who was a he averaged 12 a game, four assists. He was a, a solid three-point shooter. Same with Barristow, a double-figure scorer. So they bring over a couple guys. But, um, yeah, Bamasil is another one who he was at George Washington and averaged like 17 a game. So, I mean, he's a dude who can score. Uh, within the context of a team structure, that's, that's uh, another question. But then he went to Oklahoma and wasn't great, so – well, um, his probably three years big. So he played Virginia Tech, George Washington, Oklahoma, three and a half. Then he jumped up to sixteen point three at George Washington. Yeah. Then back down to four at Oklahoma. So he's very, very clearly not a high major basketball player. No, he is um, not. But maybe he can be a pretty good mid major basketball player. I, I don't yeah, know. We'll but see. I don't know if he'll even get a. Will he get a? Will he get a waiver? I don't know. Um, oh. Maybe he's a grad transfer. I guess I, I don't really know. That's at that's one of the weird kind I just of open to me. Everyone gets waivers. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know if you're a North Carolina football fan, you don't believe that because there's a Tez Walker who didn't get one, who was supposed mm. to be a stud receiver. Okay. Um, that's just what I see on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, but at this point, I just assume everyone gets a waiver for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard, like, I'm trying to think. Oh, you've got a list of your Eric Reynolds, who was almost a 20-a-game guy. They That St. That Joe's group has uh, some dudes who can really fill it up and score. Um, that team might be a challenge just because they do have such good guards. And I mean, as you're looking here, I mean, this conference is just not great in terms of like, who are the good guards? Well, some some wise mind said they, St. Joe's might have the best backcourt in the conference. I would, I would probably buy that. You know, I think, I think, I mean, you have to consider Dayton's if they're all healthy, but like St. Joe's, their guards are solid. And trying to think, where did they finish last year? Weren't they... Yeah, they were eight and ten, but there are so many teams just in the really fat middle of the pack. Um, St. Louis ain't going to be great. I don't think Fordham's. I think they're coming back to the pack. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think Duquesne. I think uh, and I think St. Joe's, along with VCU, are, are probably up there contending with Dayton, who's got to be considered the favorite. Yeah, and I'll kind of wrap this up by just uh, naming some more names. You love when I do that. I do. Uh, Duquesne, you mentioned Day Day Grant, 15 and a half points per game a year ago. Trey Clark, 12.2. Um, I do have it as a note here. I don't remember actually seeing this, but a very senior-laden team here, Biggs. Um, and sometimes experience 
plays off in your favor. Uh, George Washington has uh, James Bishop coming back, averaged 21 points a game and five assists. Um, definitely, do it, definitely a do-it-all point guard right there. Uh, UMass, they have a Matt Cross, 12-6, and six, coming back from an MCL injury. They have a Josh Cohen, averaging 22, coming over from St. Francis. Um, fourth leading scorer in the nation a year ago, Biggs. So definitely an intriguing guy there. Now, do you have anything else for the A-10 before we go to, I think, the beefy conference for this episode, the Mountain West? Uh, I don't. No. Okay. Now, San Diego State Biggs, a team that has uh, got the attention of some, like, like they've, they've grown some fans probably like the last 10 years. Always seem to have teams that are, you know, threatening to be like, you know, Sweet 16 type teams. They finally break through all the way to the national championship game. Um, I wouldn't say get boat raced by UConn, but they're definitely, they, they, they weren't accidentally winning that game at any point. No. Um, but, you know, national runner up a year ago. They uh, do lose a good chunk of guys, but like they're more of like a system team, system team because they rely on their defense. Um, Matt Bradley being the main guy who they lost, but he had some bad games in a tournament last year, and they're still able, able to move on. So um, I don't think it's going to be the biggest loss for them. I'd say the best uh, best returning guy coming back, Lamont Butler, nine points per game. Also the conference defensive player of the year from last year. So definitely a good returner there. Um, Darian Trammell, 9.8 points per game, and was the regional mop, Biggs. You love that award. The mop. I do love that. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Lede, 7 points, uh, 5 rebounds. Nothing amazing, but definitely a good guy to have down low. They get Reese Waters coming over from um, USC. Uh, Pac-12, Pac sixth man of the year, a year ago, I believe, as a freshman. Um, 10 points per game. And then they also get Jay Powell. He's one of my friends, if that makes sense. Uh, 12 points a game coming over from the Fighting Camels. Gary Parrish would be proud, Biggs. Yeah, he would. Uh, so, yeah, just like a nice little rotation there. Now, what could bite them? You know, like I said, they are more of like a system team, but they do still have a lot of like, a lot of guys to replace this year. So, what do you think, Biggs? I think it'll be good. I mean, it's it's San Diego State. When was the last time they weren't good? I think they've got good players back. They don't have great players back. But, like, San Diego State is one of those teams that, I don't know, like, they're just not going to look as impressive when you're doing, like, the who's back and who's, like, who's, who's returning kind of thing because nobody scores that much. You know, like, when we're looking for these teams, we're like, who scored a lot off of last year's team? Oh, 15 a game coming back. Yeah, as I say, even Matt Bradley rather like 13 I think last year yeah and, and like that's just that's San Diego State like they're they've had teams where like nobody's gonna score more than like 12 a game like because they're not gonna win they're not gonna score 80 a game as a team they're gonna win 62 to like 47 um that's just kind of how they are and so I, I think they're gonna be good I, I think I, I like Lamont Butler and Trammell as your as your backcourt I mean it's not it's not gonna be beautiful like it's a good backcourt but I don't, I don't think either of those guys are gonna score a ton um Ladie is a pretty good, actually, offensive-minded big guy. Like, the the thing that, that scares me about them is, like, the last handful of years, their defense has been anchored by um, – who's the big guy that was anchoring their defense who was just awesome? Like, uh, I forget his name. He was a big guy and he was a force. He was just – he was, he was terrific. Mensa? Mensa. Yeah, he was, like, great defensively for, like, the last three or four years. Um, but San Diego State's always had good defenses. Trammell was one of the best defensive guards – 
in the conference. You just said it, Lamont Butler was the defensive player of the year as a guard. That's just not usually something that you just don't see that a lot. Micah Parrish is a long kind of rangy wing at 6'6", and he's got long arms. That's got that's a guy that'll play more in that, that, that after uh, after last year coming off the bench is kind of a piece. Um, their front court is a little thin. I like Reese Waters, uh, formerly Reese Dixon Waters. So, you know, I think they've got like some perimeter dudes. Do they have a, I, I, I don't know. I like Jaden Ladee as like a, as like a come off the bench and basically just like get buckets as a big man. But he played like 15 a game and would just come in and shoot a lot. But like, I don't, I don't know if he's a super reliable, just like, hey, can we count on you for like 27 minutes a game, anchor the interior of our defense, rebound, do some of those things? Or is he going to be like, uh, hey, give me the ball. I'm going to go score. Like, that's not what we want from you, though. So I I don't know. But like, I like their guards. I like the four guards that they've got on the perimeter. And and Jay Pal, I mean, he's a a Campbell guy. Plus, he's from Omaha, which is only a couple hours from me. So, um, you know, hey, like, let's uh, let's go. Is that like? Is that the new Minnesota thing? You have to love them. Uh, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say I go far as love them. I don't pass okay. my love out, you know, that easily. But I have to kind of be like intrigued by them. Yeah. Okay. They also have a guy named Magoon. He's a freshman. He's seven feet tall, one ninety from Euless, Texas. Uh, but he went to high school in California, uh, so make sense of that. Good luck. But his name is Magoon Guath, and I just I'm I'm here on that name. Seven feet, one hundred ninety pounds. So that's quite the commute to get to class every day. Yeah, and uh, like a soft breeze probably knocks him off his path a little bit. But hey, um, I just I like that name, so keep an eye on him going forward. All right, Uh, let's see here. I think the next best here, Biggs, is Boise State. Um, I think they were second in the Mountain West last year. They return. Uh, Tyson Dagenhart, which I think last year about this time was the first time I really heard his name. I can't remember how long he's been in college, but, uh, 14 and five a year ago, he's definitely one of those guys who, uh, if you look up, um, February, March could definitely be someone who is a player of the year candidate in the mountain West. Um, mm-hmm. they have a guard, Max Rice, 14 points per game. Coach is good. Great thing to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Chuboza Agbo, eleven and four. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, the former Jets wide receiver, who he changed his name. Do you see that? No. Do you know who I'm talking? Robbie Anderson, the mm-hmm. receiver. Is he still in the NFL? I think so. He's a uh, Robbie Chosen. Stop it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not joking. This dude wants is, to be a basketball player. Is, is that okay? Is that better or worse than Chad Ochocinco? Uh, it's it's worse. Okay. <laughs> Ojo Cinco's at least um, at least Chad Johnson was good before he changed his name. That's the thing too. Yeah, at least you're good. Like we just got <laughs> random guys changing their names just for attention. Yeah. Like what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Robbie Anderson. Oh shoot, I just looked a little closer. It's Roddy Roddy Anderson. Oops. Yeah, I, uh, I saw. It. I was just gonna go with it. <laughs> uh, Fifteen point eight points a game as a freshman from UC San Diego last year. So, little bit of a jump. Or no, isn't he? He's West Coast. Uh, San Diego. That's West Coast. So, I say a little bit of a jump. Sure. Uh, Cam Martin comes from Kansas, role player there, um, but was a former three-time All-American at the D two level. Yeah. Uh, Omar Stanley, four and a half points per game on sixty-five percent from the field, bigs from St. John's. Um, you know he didn't want to play for Rick Pitino, so he came over to Boise State. Yeah, so, that sounds good. 
Yeah. UC what did San he Diego. I'm trying to find this dude. He, he's not on the San Diego team. UC San Diego. Where is this guy? Did I put that in wrong? No, I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's not that important. Yeah, yeah, he's probably not going to do much. Um, But they definitely have a lot of talent here, Biggs. Um, but also, just a lot of moving pieces. Like, a lot more moving pieces, pieces than San Diego State has. Um, so I still get the edge there, but uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think Boise's kind of gotten to a point where like they're they're they've been they've been consistently just kind of solid here for like a number of years. Um, I think Dave Rice is a is a is a pretty solid. Co- I think he's a high floor coach. Like they're just always kind of in that like eighteen to twenty two win range during the season and. They they've lost. I'm trying to think some of the guys they lost from from last year, like Shaver, their point guard, who was who was a steady hand, but he didn't have all that great of a year shooting the basketball. Um, I I do. I just I lo- I love Dagenhart. I thought he was going to be a breakout guy last year, and he and he certainly was. Um, Max Rice kind of gives them like a toughness and just kind of a uh, he just kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder. He definitely doesn't play like an entitled coach's kid. So like I I respect it. Um, Chibuzo Ogbo is just one of those guys who. Before last year, you're like, what? And he had a great year. So I'm guessing they'll have other guys that'll do that, you know, just because that's kind of the lifeblood of the Boise program. And so I don't know if they're the second best team in the conference, but I do think they'll be in the mix as like a top three. You're challenging me here. Yeah, I don't don't know. I I mean, I think they'll be, I think they're, I think they're a very safe pick just to be kind of right there in the mix because I do think they've got enough coming back. They've got some pedigree, they've got some program strength, just kind of it's a, it's an institution. And so I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike it. I, I think there's other teams that I'm intrigued by, though. Well, educate me on who you think would uh, challenge for that second place throne. <clears throat> the team that I'm, the team that I'm probably most intrigued by, and I think it will be a kind of we're going to figure out what kind of coach Richard Patino is, if he is a good coach or not, because this New Mexico team has the talent to probably win the league. Um. At one point last year, weren't they like eighteen and two? Didn't they win like the? Didn't they start the year just absolutely incredible? Um, I can't remember how they started, but they just kind if of, they did, then they finished awful because they were twenty two they, and twelve at the they end. They fell off. They fell off in a big way late in the year. Um, they've got a, a really dynamic group of, or a pair of guards with Jamal Mashburn Jr., who who was awesome last year, nineteen a game. Jalen House, who was an Arizona State transfer, form of uh, son of Eddie, uh, yeah, Eddie House. I'm like fumbling over my words here. Um, another okay, kid who can, all time. who can really score it. So the two guards can really fill it up. I mean, they average thirty five a game combined. So like they're they're pretty great. Thirty seven hey, a game. Yeah, hey, Biggs, I'd, I'd love to interrupt you for a second here. Okay, uh, they did in fact start eighteen and two last year. Eighteen and so, two. So they went four job. and ten down the stretch. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. Um, so I'm going to choose to think about the 18 and two. They, they they were doing something right. I think the problem with them last year was the surrounding pieces around those two guards were not great. They had uh, they had a good big guy who who had some good moments as kind of a, a scorer on the low box, but besides that, they were just a really thin group. And I think they fortified some of those issues by getting Jamaro Baker, who is uh, you want to talk rambling man. Jamaral Baker is, he was at Fresno State. He was at, I believe, Cal. I believe he was at Kentucky. And he might have even been at, like, Arizona. This this Jamaral Baker, this young man, I believe he has been at, like, like five college programs. I see. But he's a dude who can shoot it. Started at Kentucky, went to Arizona. Okay. Then to Fresno State. Two years at each school. 
Okay. Um, so one of them being a redshirt season at Kentucky. Uh, math just isn't adding up. Right? I used to think of college as a four-year thing, Biggs. It just simply isn't anymore. No, math doesn't yeah. exist, which is, yeah. you know what, as an English teacher, I endorse that. Yeah. Um, I'm great with that. Uh, you know what? Actually, I respect it, though. He's not one night standing any of these colleges. He's there for two years each time. And that's all I want. You he's don't hitting think it. He's, he's like, I want to I try it one more time. He's willing to run it back and give it a shot just to confirm. Yeah. It's like, you know what? No, I do think I'd be happier somewhere else, but I want to make sure I'm not running from this. And then he does run from it after he's received confirmation. But um, yep. he's a kid who can shoot it. Um, a guy who can really, I think, slot in as kind of a role player for them. Um, and then they had a couple of really solid, intriguing front court pieces in Mustafa Amzel, who comes from Dayton. Another guy who I think Dayton will miss. He's a he's a stretchy kind of four man who can who can provide some spacing. He's not as much of like a defensive presence as some of the fours they had last year. They had Josiah Alec, who was just kind of a do it like a set set screens and be do the dirty work type. Amsel's a much more skilled um, type of player. And then Nelly Jr. Joseph, who is probably not as skilled offensively as the big guy they had last year, but he is a much more physical presence uh, around the rim. I, I'm intrigued. And I think if Richard Pitino, my, my instinct here is like, there's part of me that's buying them. And there's part of me that's really selling it. Part of me that's buying is just, I mean, you look at the talent. They've got a ton of talent coming in. They've got a four-star freshman in Jaden Toppin. They've got depth. Um, they've got high-end guard talent. They've got good forwards. Like the pieces on paper fits really nicely. Um, the reason I'm selling it is because I do wonder if Richard Pitino is just kind of built to coach a team that's got two guards who you just want to let cook, and then he doesn't know what to do with the rest of the team. So he's like, let's just find guys who just don't do anything. And so the two guards are going to cook sometimes, and when they're cooking, they're going to look pretty good. But when they're not cooking, uh, they don't look very good. That's, I feel like, what he had at Minnesota. And so maybe I'm just kind of scarred by that. I just say, is this just a little, uh, like, <clears throat> it might flashbacks, be. flashbacks well, to those days? That's what, that's why what I'm saying. Like, if he can't win relatively big with this New Mexico team, and I guess I mean, like, contend in the Mountain West, top, top two or three finish, get to the tournament, then I think we'll know. Like, he's just kind of, uh, he is what he is as a coach. And I guess what he is is, uh, is okay. But, like, if he's, if he's a legit coach here, um, I think this team will be really, really good. Yeah. I do too. Um, as far as what could bite them, I just say C right up for Boise State, which was a lot of moving pieces here. Um, but yeah, the talent here on this team is undeniable. You just look at Baker, Mashburn, Omsil, Nelly Jr., Joseph. Like that is a great, or, and I, I didn't even say Jalen House. Yeah. You know, that's a productive starting five. Now, you know, there's, there's always that old saying, Biggs. There's only one ball. Right. That's the, can, that's, can, that's can the they share it? Thing. Yeah. yeah. Can, can they share it? Uh, we'll also, will Nelly Jr. Joseph um, freak out when he realized that he followed the wrong Patino when he transferred? Do you think he ever will, though? I mean, Richard I, I don't know. will sound a lot like Rick. It, yeah. And like, he looks a lot Richard, like well, their father's son, you know. If that gets out of the bag, then yeah, you're right. And he might not handle it well, but I think, I think we can hide it from him. Like, do you think he shows up to preseason practice? He's like, oh, this is clearly just a substitute coach. Like, this isn't Rick. He's probably like, Rick just got surgery and just made himself look a little younger. Maybe. <laughs> it would be believable. He doesn't have as nice a hair, but he just looks younger. Yeah, yeah. Less wrinkly. <laughs> um, let's see. Another team I have here to kind of highlight here, Biggs, is Nevada. Um, 
Yep. Kind of like that next group here, I'd say. Uh, Keenan Blackshear, Jared Lucas uh, returning at the guard spot. Um, KJ Himes averaged nine points per game last year, Biggs. Okay. In four ga- in four games, um, he had back surgery last year, so we'll see how he does. Uh, Jariah Coleman, another guy from St. Francis. Didn't I say St. Francis earlier? You might have. I think I did. Um, and then Tylen Pope coming over from Tulane. Um, but what could bite them? I just think like you know, you you really talked me into New Mexico there, so I applaud I applaud you for that. Um, Thanks. And we'll see if I'm right. Yeah, I I think that's a great top three, to the point where. I don't know what there is after that. Yeah. I mean, Jared Lucas is really good. Um, you know, and, is he and Provident? Black- huh? He's not Providence. Who's the guy from Providence that transferred? That's not him. It's not. Just forget. You're talking Hop- the Hopkins kid who was no. at the rookie? No. Just forget I said anything. Okay. Yeah. Here's um, a good idea. I'm trying to think who was with. I'm trying to remember if it was Nevada. I'm pretty sure they had a kid. I look at some of their stats from last year because I don't remember everything perfectly. Who was it? Maybe Will it was, Baker. Maybe it was. Well, Will Baker's gone. Darian Williams is Darian gone. Williams. Which I do think that's kind of a bummer because he was just a defensive freak. And he's at Texas Tech, and I think he's going to be that. That dude they're going to miss. Um, is KJ Himes like? Oh, he's a big guy. Okay. Maybe I'm miss. Maybe I'm misremembering. I I do like. Like Blackshear and Lucas is a pretty good backcourt duo. And, you know, I don't know. Like Hunter McIntosh, I believe, is back. He's another guy who who was who was supposed to have some pedigree as kind of an on-ball, you know, shooter, shooter type. So like I, I think the guards could be pretty good. Lucas and Blackshear, I think, will give them a chance to be in a lot of ball games. You know, I mean, those guys are solid. And, you know, I, I think. Like Steve Lavin is another one who it seems like he's just he's good there. Like they're always solid in that conference, and so you know we'll, we'll see. I, I do think it's probably a safe bet to consider them as like team four here. You know, and then after that, there's there's some dart throws, and I think Colorado State is probably the biggest one, just because they was Isaiah Stevens gone for like a ton of last year for Colorado State. That was a team that they play no defense, but. I think they're going to be a team that has a ton of offensive firepower with Isaiah Stevens. And was it, was it San Jose state? Who's uh, what's the coach's name? Not Tim. I got Bruce drama. Tim miles uh, was the coach at San Jose state. They're losing a lot, but um, there's just enough intriguing teams around the rest of the conference that it's like, well, Colorado state I'm intrigued by and UNLV I'm intrigued by. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, you mentioned Isaiah Stevens for Colorado State. Um, 18 and 6. He's um, legit. How many six games assists. That's assists, not rebounds. Uh, I'm trying to see it in this. It wasn't many. I'm pretty sure he missed a big chunk of the year, if I'm if I'm remembering that right. Um, he played in yeah. Oh, he played in 26 games. He actually played okay, he played a lot. It. Okay. Well, never mind then. You're an idiot. Josiah Strong missed a lot of the season. Okay. Uh, Patrick Carter's another guy. Uh, forward average 12 points per game. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just the point of the conference where I just name names. Uh, UNLV has a top 50 freshman uh, who's from not Vegas. What's like the Henderson? Is it Henderson? Yeah. Henderson, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deaton Thomas Jr., top 50 freshman who decided to stay home. 
Um, Caleb Boone, 10 points a game. Um, I have a mark. He was good at OK State. Is that was he still there last year? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if he was. I'm trying to think, um, don't they? Didn't they bring in? They got a guy from Oklahoma too. I think Jalen Hill, who was kind of a four man's. Like their front court actually might be, their front court might be something else because Jalen Hill was a pretty good player at Oklahoma, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's listed here not nine and nine and six at Oklahoma last year. So yeah. another good guy there. Um, they lose some good guards. Like Elijah Harkless was awesome. Nineteen a game for them, just a bulldog. And Keyshawn Gilbert, I think, transferred to Iowa State, so another guy who could score. I don't. What do they got in the backcourt? Deaton Thomas. See, so okay, so he's he's legit. Anything else? I don't even. I know. will see. You. Uh oh. Do you remember Shane Noel, Arizona? About no. Five points per game. I don't. I, they have him. Lincoln. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, ooh, Justin Webster. Uh, eight points per game. Yeah, we are just naming names. I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Would they all? Wait, is that the? Other, yeah, they they have the other Boone. They have Kalen Boone too. Oh, they got both Boons. They have both of them. Which I think they. Uh, I think Kalen's the one who transferred away from Oklahoma last year, or from Oklahoma State last year. So I think they separated last year, um, kind of like on Step Brothers, where they fight and then they come back later together at the end. That is that is really nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, Luis Rodriguez is back. I think he was. He was a double figure scoring uh, uh, guard for them, so uh, more of a physical back in the day too. Yeah, more of a physical downhill kind of swingman. Actually, he's not much of a shooter, but I think it's a team that won't be able to shoot worth a shit. But like, they're gonna have like a big athletic physical squad. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Anyone else here? And uh, yeah, this is definitely a point where I'm just naming names. Yeah, and we also have uh, very little time, so I think it's yeah, about right. perfect. Uh, Fresno State, Isaiah Hill, twelve points, four assists per game a year ago in Wyoming. Wyoming, holy crap, we do need to end this thing. <laughs> Wyoming, Sam Griffin, fifteen points per game, coming over from Tulsa. So, from one mid major to another. All right, real quick, John. After we've we've gone through kind of the quick and dirty of three of the mid major conferences. Who, when we're doing like, picture yourself right now. It's like a, it's like a January uh, night when we are potting and we're we're getting into scrolling. We're scrolling. What what teams in these conferences are you like? I gotta watch these teams. Like, I gotta watch these teams. Yeah, like during the scrolling, like which ones of these teams catch your eye during the scrolling sesh? So I'm gonna make a rule here. You can't say Gonzaga, St. Mary's, or San Diego State. Okay, Th- those are the three, those the are three just, kind yeah. of favorites. Yeah, exactly. Um. I want to watch New Mexico. You talked me in. Okay. I, I want that's to see these guys. CBS, that's going to yeah. be like a CBS sports kind of late night action too. There's going to be some, some tilts yeah. there late night. And I also just want to see the, the actual moment when the confusion on Nelly Jr. Joseph's face goes away. Like, and he realizes he's young man ain't going to know what hit him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. What about you? I like it. I like I like New Mexico. I mean, Dayton is is probably an easy one. I'm curious to see what they look like, especially in the non-con. I'll kind of be tracking. Just does that look like a real team? Um, there's really no one in the West Coast. You're right. Like besides Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Yeah. And I, I am kind of intrigued to see. I, I, I it's it's going to be a cop out, but like Boise and New Mexico, I, I'm I'm looking forward to and. Some of those other, some of the, I think the Mountain West does have the most depth. So I am kind of intrigued to see, like, is Colorado State, do they jump up? Because I, I think they can because of the offensive firepower. Um, 
And then does like UNLV, can they, can they potentially make a little bit of a jump with some of those new guys? I think there's a potential that that league has a little more like up, upheaval, a little more, <clears throat> you know, like in the big East, there's like night to night, just kind of intrigue. I think there's going to be more of that in there. So I think there's some watchable action here between these three conferences. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, 56 minutes, so we have 10 seconds left. Uh, see you next week. Uh, this is going to be an amazing three conferences here. Um, next time, it's going to be Pac-12 and AAC. Let's go. Bye.